This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, September 8th, brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Biotech Tomato advances. Trade nominee heads to the Senate floor and child ag labor gets hill focus. USDA okays Biotech Tomato. In a potential new milestone in agriculture biotechnology, a gene-edited tomato that's high in antioxidants believed to fight cancer and heart disease has cleared a key hurdle. USDA has formally decided that the tomato doesn't warrant regulation because it isn't a plant pest risk. The tomato is a result of research at the John Ennis Center and the Stansbury Laboratory in England. The developers say the deep purple tomato contains high levels of anthocyanins, which are found in berries and other fruit. The company uh, that's a spinoff of the research has been working on breeding varieties suitable for production in the U.S. Now keep in mind, a report by Rabobank says producers like this are why biotech fruits and vegetables are likely to take off in the market over the next several years. Trade nominee headed to the Senate floor. In a notable show of bipartisanship, the Senate Finance Committee voted 27-0 to yesterday to approve the USDA advisor Doug McCallop's nomination to the Biden administration chief ag trade negotiator. McCallop is a strong choice to take on these challenges as our top trade advocate for American agriculture, said Finance Chairman Ron Wyden of Oregon. He has fans on both sides of this committee, and we expect to work closely with him once he's confirmed and on the job. Child ag labor concerns get focus. The Obama administration's failed attempt to tighten regulations for child farm labor figured large at a House hearing yesterday. Researchers and farm worker advocates argued that Congress needs to tighten labor standards to protect young farm workers from accidents and exposure to harmful chemicals. This Congress has an opportunity to make a long overdue change to U.S. labor laws to provide child farm workers in the same protections as children working in all other sectors, said Margaret Wirth, a senior researcher with Human Rights Watch. Norma Flores Lopez, a daughter of farm workers, told a House Education and Labor Subcommittee that her family was reminded daily that we were disposable and how our dismissal would be of no consequence to the farm operations. But Christy Boswell, an advisor to former Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue on ag labor issues, said learning how to work on a farm is good for kids, and she warned against giving the Labor Department new authority to regulate child labor. The proposal under the Obama administration was completely misguided and made broad sweeping changes that completely blindsided the agricultural industry, said Boswell. Likewise, a bill backed by Democrats would result in parents losing the right to decide what work is safe for their kids to do, she said. I have concerns about bureaucrats in Washington writing overly broad regulations without technical expertise on farming practices and without engaging farmers, she said. Now keep in mind, President Obama's Labor Department ran into a political buzzsaw over the 2012 proposal. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak 
after this. Daybreak is sponsored by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, the third largest dairy co-op in the country. Edge is a powerful advocate of Washington for farmers throughout the upper Midwest. Among Edge's top priorities is milk pricing reform. Over its long history, the federal order system has aimed to serve farmers by ensuring the orderly marketing of fluid milk. But changing production and consumption patterns are rendering the system ineffective. Edge envisions changes that create flexibility, promote fairness, and strengthen the relationship between farmers and processors. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. Nutrition advocates, hunger numbers show importance of aid. There's little sign that food insecurity in the United States is budging. Some 10.2% of U.S. households were food insecure in 2021 at 10.2%, a rate that was not significantly different from the 10.5% rate recorded the previous two years, USDA says. There was some improvement in food security among households with kids. But Luis Guardia, president of the Food Research and Action Center, said the data, quote, would be far worse if not for the federal nutrition programs and the critical additional investments that were made to combat hunger during the pandemic. USDA funded free meals to all kids during the pandemic and also has significantly increased SNAP benefits. Claire Babineau-Fontenot, CEO of Feeding America, which represents food banks, says the public-private response to the hunger crisis brought on by the pandemic has been successful in mitigating food insecurity rates, particularly among households with children. Those efforts need to be expanded, she said. Now keep in mind, the White House Hunger and Nutrition Conference will be held September 29. July a strong month for U.S. ethanol exports. The U.S. exported more than 107 million gallons of ethanol in July. That's a 6% increase from June and the 10th consecutive month that shipments have exceeded the 100 million gallon mark, according to the Renewable Fuels Association. U.S. ethanol exports saw the strongest gains for the month in shipments to Singapore, which imported 12.3 million gallons, more than triple the 3.5 million it purchased in June and the biggest monthly total for the country since January 2018. Cubans visit Arkansas rice farms. Officials from the Cuban embassy in Washington, D.C., spent the day Tuesday in Arkansas visiting farms and talking to industry representatives. The USA Rice Federation hopes the visit is a sign of growing Cuban interest in American rice and other agricultural products. Our family was glad to share a meal with our Cuban guests as we discussed our shared hope that someday soon our countries will again regularly be trading rice and other goods, said Mark Isbell, an Arkansas farmer. It's difficult for Cuba to import U.S. rice because of laws requiring Cubans to pay cash up front and use third country banks for financing. Cuba was the largest market for U.S. rice before the 1962 trade embargo. Here's today's He Said It. Smart trade policy is one important solution to hunger in the 21st century, a policy that promotes affordable, 
abundant food here at home and abroad. That Senate Finance Committee Chairman Ron Wyden, an Oregon Democrat. Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, September 8th. Brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nally.